got Luca Nation. You got your PWCC weekly report brought to you by Lucas Tigers and Bronzo Mai, episode, I believe, 916. And as you guys know, a bunch of auctions going on, a bunch of shows going on. If you're running a show, if you're at a show and you're listening to this, we say what's up. I hope you enjoy it. Uh, it's definitely a time in the market now where there's more liquidity, more action, uh, definitely the month of January, and let's see if that carries over. Here we are, February 4th, recording this. Cage, how you doing, my friend? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. I'm excited. I think what we should do in this weekly episode is let you take the Lamborghini out for a spin. Let me sit shotgun. Let me, you know, comment on your driving. I'd say a backseat driver, but there's no backseat in the Lamborghini. I was trying to make it like a, you know, a fancy car. Because PWCC, you know... Not everything they try is going to be a home run, but at least they're trying stuff. Uh, there's some new rules with uh, this week's weekly. We can get into that a little bit, and we can talk that over. Um, but also, they've got new people doing new things. You know, it's uh, shiny, happy people. They have somebody who's doing a recap weekly vintage. So I know they have another content person who's, you know, stepping in, stepping on toes, stepping wherever they want to step um, and doing like a live show, I think, um, you know, during the auction. So they're going to focus on vintage. So we don't have to pay too much attention to vintage. This way it's not, it's not overkill there. I know they have a, a young lady who's doing Pokemon. So we don't have to talk about Pokemon cards. Um, you know, previously we talked about sort of, I think, what PWCC would have wanted us to talk about now. I get to see the shotgun, let you drive, and you get to talk about the cards you want to talk about. Because chances are the cards you want to talk about have nothing to do with Pokemon or Vintage. Those are the cards that other people will be talking about. So I'm excited. I'm excited to sit here and tell you why you shouldn't buy or why you should buy the cards that right. you're looking at. Let's run. First card. First card. card. You got buy it. Buy or not. See, so perfect. It's a PSA, right there. Kobe. PSA 9 Kobe. Perfect. And Kobe. what stuck out to me about this card, it's not the Kobe card. You get this Kobe card all the time, 10s, 9s, 8s. Mm-hmm. But I actually went super vintage, and this one has the earliest. I love the PSA label. Slab. It's the. I love it's, the label. I thought you would buy or buy or not. Would you pay the same price or a little bit more for the old label? So this is a new thing for me, and people are gonna think I'm insane. But I would pay a little more, and not switch that. I'm looking for old labels. They're uh, getting we- rarer. As we go vintage, right? We love this vintage term. Oh, yeah. I thought the vintage of the grading companies would be super cool. And there's a few more. So this is the Kobe. This is Kobe's standard paper rookie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the card you standard see paper typewriter label. I love it. Exactly. One of the, what is this? A hundred. This is 1,690,000 graded. So early days, PSA's graded a ton of cards. Same thing goes for these two cards. So we have the 1955 Tops. Sandy Koufax, PWCC S Superior, gorgeous, gorgeous card. He looks like a baby here. He looks like he yeah. literally just got bar mitzvahed. And you got the old school SGC label. Yeah. And for me, I love the old school SGC label. So gorgeous copy. And then the mantle, 1956, and then also the old SGC label. If you have to pick one of them, of those three, the Kobe, <laughs> the mantle, or the Koufax, bar mitzvah. I card. mean, come on. Uh, I mean, the Kobe's a hundred dollar card. The other ones are thousands of dollars. So you can get fifty Kobe's for the price of some for the other two. So, I mean, I love those cards. Oh, Kobe's a dime a dozen. You you could you get like forty of those cards every auction. So I believe that the current um, team of um, SGC is a different team than when you had those labels. And so I think 
what's funny is is that you you think of um you know psa in a certain way right you think of psa like um, all right, well, did they get harder with their grading? You know, did they get harder with their grading? And, it, you know, you don't really hear that that brought too much up with SGC. I don't know whether or not they got harder with their grading. I can share one story, and it would give me a little bit of a pause. I know SGC has always been great with their vintage grading, and you've pulled up two cards from the 50s, so I'm sure they're perfectly fine. Um, and I don't think those two cards are cards that are, you know, heavily trimmed, heavily altered, you name it. But I once purchased a uh, I'm call it modern you know it was a 1993 card I once purchased a card in an SGC slab just like that you know 98 basically they're 10 you know not not the perfect 10 not the pristine hundred mm -hmm. but a 98 10 and um I cracked it out and sent it to another grader and the other grader said that it was trimmed and I sent it back to the current team at SGC and said, okay, guys, this was the card that I just cracked out. I probably shouldn't have. So, sounds sort of like a lawsuit that we have, you know, going on right now, right? And I said, to SGC, and our whole legal said, system is based on precedent. You they know said, that? no, no, we're looking at the card and it's definitely trimmed. And I said, guys, here's the slab. Here's the number. Here's the everything. You know, like I'm not a trimmer per se, but obviously they can't trust me. For all they know, I'm in my basement with a scissor, you know, and some scissor and I'm trimming cards and doing my thing. But, um, yeah, so, so when I see those green labels, maybe it just brings back like that. I can't drink cinnamon schnapps because when I pledge my fraternity, I drank a whole bottle on induction night, and now I just I can't taste it. You know, I, I did did some you drink drinks. any before today's episode? An entire bottle, and then I ate an entire pepperoni pizza. And a couple hours later, everybody saw the whole pizza and the whole bottle of cinnamon schnapps back on the floor. So I don't drink that anymore. It was, you know, it was no good. So let's know. keep moving. So I don't know what Cage is talking about, but I'll throw him a, a fastball right what down. What am I talking about? I'm talking about be careful with the old SGC labels because maybe the current team will look Same at it differently. Said for old PSA labels. Same, uh, and I said that. Same can be every said for old PSA by labels. the grade is just a, a data point. I wouldn't. Well, look, you know. Uh, Dave Pack, our friend, our wrestling friend, he, he posted online, it's been impossible for him in five years to upgrade his registry, his set collecting with PSA and, grant, and add any more gem mint cards in five years because gemming a card has gotten harder. I think it was easier for him to get gem mint 10s on his wrestling cards when he was the only one submitting them and nobody cared. But now everybody's looking for, you know, $10,000 Andre the Giant cards and all of a sudden cards that may have been a 10 five or eight years ago aren't 10s anymore. So Yeah, but... It, what might happen is people start buying PSA 10s of those cards and in five years they go BGS 10 shopping. Maybe. The, the landscape changes all the time. Maybe SGC in six years is the number one player. The grading yeah. landscape changes. Like This is true. Th th if I've learned one thing about the hobby, the grading landscape changes. I, would I still have that cracked SGC slab, by the way, if you want me to take it. I can go get it. Yeah, don't go get it. I have a okay. question. Two Michael Jordan cards. I, I look every single auction. I go Michael Jordan. I go high bid and I just see what Jordan cards are available in this That's auction. a cool one. So there's two that I've never seen before. One is the 1987 Market Com Sports Illustrated Michael Jordan. Front is kind of like this fax seal signature, him dunking, tongue out, nothing on the back. It's sitting at $4,100. I've never seen this card. And speaking of old slabs, this is an old Beckett slab. So tell me if you've ever seen this card. And the second one is the Slam Jam Nike Poster PSA 10. There's only two of these ever made. Uh, uh, there's only two <laughs> PSA tens sitting at 925 bucks. Have you Can seen? You zoom in. I've never seen this. Is that Dominique Wilkins or is it two Jordans? Is it it's Jordan Duncan on Jordan Jam and Slam? What the heck it's a is sick that? Sick card. 
I know. It's I've a never 1990 seen that. Nike poster. No, I've never seen that in my life. That's pretty crazy. And th- is there anything on the back or is it a blank back? Blank back. Look at that. No, never seen it. That's pretty cool so two, looking. I've never seen it. Two cards take a look at 1990 Nike poster, PSA 10. The poster I've seen. There's proofs of that one. The poster is pretty cool. The, the, um, the other one, the, uh, the, the one that's in the back at 9.5. I've seen that before. Yeah, this one I've got the Market Com, the Sports Illustrated one. This one I've seen. Cool. So it's pretty. So cool. take a quick look at those. I'll keep going through my. I favored it a ton in this in this weekly auction, so I'll keep going through. A lot of Jordan. This was what. Not a lot of Jordan, but a lot of good Jordan. Okay. I, I think if you, the thing is, people. I don't know if they realize, Jordan has an insane collector base, but Jordan has an insane collector base specifically in tens, in BGS tens or PSA tens, mm-hmm. because Jordan did basically live through the junk wax era correct so there's a ton of his cards you get a scoring king's card there's a psa 8 version uh psa 8 in this auction it's like seven eight hundred bucks whereas yep. the scoring king's 10 is a 13 14 dollars card yeah wasn't the this, rare card one per box those scoring kings came so if i know anything numbered high grade jordan from the 90s kills and here's yep. one you got a bgs 10 numbered 76 out of 2000 upper deck high dimensions sitting at 750 bucks this is a super sick card bgs pop 104 nice one of the earlier numbered uh you know inserts i like it this is now moving on duncan donuts duncan go nuts i still can't believe they made this card people love it um (laughs) i would say this eight is nicer than a lot of tens that have yellowed that i've seen and if you're in the market for this card, you don't want to pay a premium for the PSA 10. You have mm-hmm. a PSA 8 that's pretty recently graded. So I always, with the cards like this that you know are pop controlled, you know have huge collector bases. That this one might I have been a 9 have... or a 10 a couple, Correct. like a year ago. Before you jump, a Jordan, before you jump off the Jordans, because I'll stick with you, can you pull up one Jordan for me? I know this is going to take you off, and I know I'm grabbing the wheel for a second. But it, it's, it's another 90s numbered Jordan insert in PSA 10 that's actually low price, and it's one you just don't see that often. I think it's only four PSA 10s. So I'm probably spoiling this for some Jordan collector who thought they were going to scoop in on this. But if you put 1998 Black Diamond Jordan, it'll pop up. It's a really cool-looking card. It's a PSA 10. It's a black diamond triple Michael Jordan numbered out of 1500 in PSA 10. You just don't see it. There's four PSA 10s of this, and it's a numbered card. So it's not one of those Wait, cards it's like pretty cool, actually, because when you do that, not to cut you off. Yeah, no, sure. There's it. actually sure. a PSA 7. Yep. Fine, it's not a 10, but yep. that one's numbered as well out of 1500. Mm-hmm. It's sitting at $11. It's a PSA 8. I apologize. So pull, sitting pull at those up if you can. Share that so people sharing. can see. Because that would be really cool. Like, you know, like if you just wanted to get one of these, there are two in this auction. You see the markup for a 10, but the 10's only three. Look how cool that card is with the black jersey, kind of like mm-hmm. a gold foil to it. Like, that's a cool looking card. But you're right. There's another one, another pose of it for 11 bucks. Mm-hmm. Pretty crazy. And if you guys don't know, like this 98 Black Diamond, there's a single, a double, a triple, and I think a home run, Cage. Is that right? I don't know if there's a home You've run. You've never seen these? No, I've never seen these cards before. Yeah, right never. next to it, guys. There's a Black Diamond single. So ninety-eight. I was in law school. So you weren't so collecting cards back then. Wasn't no, it was Beanie Babies. I had shifted. I still had my cards, okay. but Beanie Babies well, were paying the bills. If, if you wait till the <laughs> end of this episode, we have a huge announcement. Cages. If an auction doesn't go his way in this next week, he will be officially retiring. <laughs> I'm going to retire. I'm retiring. We'll be doing a weekly NFT show. I'm retiring. All of you guys will subscribe. Share. That's right. 
Cage, <laughs> I don't remember the price, and I don't mm -hmm. really – I struggled doing research with these vintage cards. I would urge you guys to. But uh -oh. here's a 1973 Topps Roberto Clemente card. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure a PSA 10 of this sold recently. Yeah, for like $100,000. <laughs> Correct. So you have a PSA 8, uh, uh, SGC 8, I apologize, PWCC AI appeal. One thing to note, and I think we've seen it talked about more, but a lot of Roberto Clemente's cards say Bob Clemente. And apparently, mm -hmm. myth goes, story goes, is he loved his name as Roberto. And I think there's only three years of cards where his name is spelled out fully. This is one of the years. The PSA 10 just sold for 100 plus thousand. You have a SGC 8, really nice copy, sitting at 330 bucks. Yeah. So, I mean, I love that card, the 73 Clemente. It's not a rare card per se um, because it's just the regular base card of his. Um, I'm 99% sure that's his last card. I think he passed away right after that mm -hmm. card. I don't think there's any other cards after that. I think that's his, his last Topps card, which adds a little special to it. There's not a lot of PSA 10s, so obviously the set collectors, the guys who are building sets, the registry guys, you know, the, that they chase the high grades on those. That card that you just showed, SGC 8, is, is, is every bit as nice as, you know, several really PSA 8s nice that I've seen. As well. Really good-looking card. Um, yeah, so I like that. God. There is two Topps Chrome sets. If we're going back in time, that really kind of changed the game, so to speak. So there's 96, I think that's first year Tops Chrome, and then there's LeBron's year. And if we're talking, just thinking about not just LeBron, but that that entire class, Mello, Bosch, Wade, LeBron. I think they're going to be linked together for eternity, similar Darko. to you know, Darko. Correct. You have a little bit of the heel there. Carmelo. Now he's an apple farmer. Carmelo, is he loved? Where is he rated? Is he top 25? He's never won anything. So that class is going to live in infamy. And I think the best way to invest in that class is by going for the wax. And you also have a sealed wax 2003 Topps Chrome sitting at 8,000 bucks. So if you're not in the market for cards, you're looking for wax, you got an opportunity right here that I think is pretty cool. Any cards before I keep rocking? Because I want to move to Kyrie and where you think he ends up because he does have a sick uh, Kyrie's rookie year. And Flawless's uh, first year are aligned, 2012. And he has a beautiful auto in this auction sitting at basically 300 bucks. But I want to hear, do you have any thoughts on the trade? Do you think it matters? Is Kyrie Cardboard irrelevant? Does he go to the Lakers? Any thoughts, opinions, takes? On Kyrie and Lakers or one more card? I should go with Kyrie, Kyrie and Lakers. Lakers. Okay, so um, I don't know whether or not the Lakers can make it happen just from a match standpoint, because I don't know whether or not they have the ability. I mean, you'd have to move Russ basically to make this happen. And I don't think the, I don't think Russell Westbrook's going to the nets. I don't think the nets are doing that. So I just don't think it's a pairing that could happen. I think you're probably more likely to see, you know, the Lakers make a deal with somebody like the jazz, um, you know, where you're talking about maybe like Beasley, who is a really nice outside shooter, you know, high thirties and from the so from three stays. Um, no, I'm not saying he stays at all, but I'm not, I just don't know the pairing. You might need a third team involved to work out so, him. Go ahead. I have a, I have a conspiracy theory. True. If Russ doesn't go to the Nets for mm -hmm. whatever reason, is it because Durant vetoes that trade and he doesn't want to play with, with Russ? No. I mean, listen, the fun part. Why about would they is, not bring Russ back then? They have, that where? team is made for Russ. To the Nets? Brooklyn. That team is made for Russ. Um, you have the chemistry with Durant. You got a bunch of shooters around. 
that's the perfect team for us. I think it actually would make more sense for Russ. I just don't see the Nets doing it. I don't think that's doing it. You have a, you're going to lose Kyrie for nothing. Uh, I'm not saying that they're going to not trade him. I just don't think that 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 you may be right now, which is funny. You call Russell Westbrook kind of like you know horrible six man the whole nine yards like like um, and you compared Josh Allen the fraud to Russell Westbrook. That's never going to live down. It's always going to live in infamy, which means Russell right. Westbrook's a fraud. So. If if you view him that way, and he is on the Lakers, which is an under five hundred team, a six man who can't even crack the starting lineup, why should the Nets, you know, trade that for for Kyrie, when they could probably, I think, get better from yep. another team? Okay, um, I don't think it would be a, a straight trade for Russ. No, I don't think it can be. But the but the Lakers don't. I don't. They have like one draft pick left, one top draft pick in like the next decade, and it's like eons from it. Doesn't help Durant. You know what I mean? It doesn't help get a younger player next year for this team, and the Nets are looking at this team saying, "All right, well, you know what gives us the best chance to win now, right? Ben Simmons is not it, right? But if they're going to be looking to move and add a piece, don't you add a piece to Kyrie and KD now? Russ and AD for Kyrie." I mean, now you're talking about fantasy leagues. Now that's like a that's like a fantasy that, league. That's trade. that's crazy. I mean, the Lakers aren't going to trade AD and Russ. And you think the Nets give what KD and Kyrie to get back Russ and AD? No, no, I don't think KD's going anywhere. I actually think just actually Kyrie going to the Lakers and Russ going to the Nets is an upgrade for both teams because Kyrie's. When you start working with people, when you build a business, when you build a culture, you sort of feel which people are fully invested, which people are half invested, you know, one foot in the door, one foot out, and which people are fully out. I say, I would say Kyrie's the guy who's had one foot out for the longest time. You bring Russ in, you know Russ and KD. This is if KD would sign off on it. That's a big if. I don't know what goes on in the locker room. I don't know if, if KD's favorable. But if you remember, KD and Russ, yeah, they're older now. That was a that was a Western Conference team. That was a Western Conference championship team. That was a team that almost beat the Warriors. That's a, a pairing, that flash and that beautiful stroke that KD has. That's a good pairing. That's it. So I just don't think the contracts work. I don't think the money works. Like you have to have matching money. I I, I, I agree. Works. So that's, I, I that think that's win. Let's keep moving. Yeah. Any cards you want me to spotlight? Yeah. I so keep, so I you know guys. The run-up in Jackie Robinson prices has been a little bit nuts, right? It's been a little crazy, and you know, I I won't I don't want to recommend people you know spending all kinds of crazy money because if you just look back a couple of years, you know the cards have you know they've they've really gone up, which is fine. I mean, he's finally getting his due. One of my favorite cards. I mean, I have two cards of his that I really like: the forty-eight leaf, which you know I love the yellow background, but the fifty-two tops, which is a nice contrast to the fifty-two tops mantle with the blue background, has the red background. There's an intriguing one in this auction, a 52 tops Jackie Robinson, in an SGC holder, but it's authentic. And I don't know why it's authentic. I don't know if it was trimmed. I mean, it doesn't say altered. I mean, it's got an A on it. You can take a look at it. But it is a really nice-looking copy, which, you know, I guess, look, if you trim the card, maybe you make it look nice. But look at the centering on it, the whole deal. It looks like if you could pull it up and share it, if you find it, um, you know, the folks can see what it looks like. It's a Jackie Robinson. Uh, There it is right there with the A. Is A because it's crinkled right down the middle. Yeah, but that you would give it a number grade. 
I mean, it's got great centering. You have a crease on it, you know? That, that alone... got, it looks like you've got two creases right here, right across his forehead. So, and then... But even that, you know, usually you get a number grade for that. You don't get authentic. I mean, unless the person decided, all right, it's going to grade a three. I'd rather have it in authentic, which I guess is possible. The description doesn't exactly say, you know, what's going on. But look at the centering on it. And a lot of these, like, when you have good centering like this, you get like more of a diamond cut to it, more of like a diagonal. And there's no diagonal cut to it. Yeah, but look, can, at, look at the back. So you're saying you'd rather have a one than an authentic? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. hundred percent. I'd rather... Yeah, no sorry, I'm asking stupid questions. No, I don't but buy that, that card right card. there, what's funny about it is... It has a stain on it. My Chrome cards never have stains on it. Stain free. He's joking, folks. But if you look at that card, just the centering on it, the coloring on it, the registration on it, I mean, it's a really nice looking card. Talk about eye appeal. Um, that card has all the eye appeal in the world. Yeah, it's got a little... little Explain little to line. me why you'd rather have a one than an authentic. Because authentic right now in the marketplace carries connotations that, that lead people to start digging through that description to find out why it was, why it was given an authentic grade. You know, and what I would do next if I were looking to buy this card is I would click on SGC's website and find out what the definition of their authentic is. And does it include something that allows a card to be altered in some way, right? Or if it were, quote, altered and trimmed, would they have to write that on the slab, right? So already, it, it, I think there are a lot of buyers, and maybe, maybe, maybe someone will get this for a bargain because of that. Who knows? But I think there are a lot of buyers who see that, don't see a number grade, and say, all right, you know what? I'm out on that one. I don't buy cards that are, you know, authentic, you know? But okay. there might be somebody, and this is the reason why I, it caught my eye, who putting it in an SGC slab, at least you know it's not fake, which you have to worry about with 52 tops cards. And it's, not only is it not fake, but it's got great centering, it's got great coloring, and you can see it's not a perfect card. It's got a little, you know, a couple of lines on it. But the lines, you have to really look at it to see. That, that's a really nice card, which would sell for a lot more money with that kind of centering um, and that kind of color. Even as a one. Or one and a half. No, no, but that card, if you look at it from far, from, I don't want to say a distance, right? But if it were art and you're putting it up, you know, a couple feet away from somebody with that centering, that coloring, and you had a six on the card, until you get up close to it and start inspecting it, no one would bat an eyelash. And in a six, it would, it would grade significantly higher. So normally, you see cards like that kind of coloring, that kind of, you know, centering of the 52 tops in significantly higher grades than that. Is what I'm saying from an eye appeal stamp. Right now, eye appeal in this market is basically centering for, for vintage. Agreed. Well, so that's a buy. That's, yeah. a, that's right up your alley. Yeah, you should that's, be why I point, that that's why I pointed it out. I like it. Somebody who doesn't care about the, you know, the A is going to get a card that looks real nice. And I Do know you care people... about the A as a buyer? Um, Use cage. In SGCA, no, especially because SGC now is writing altered on their slabs when a card is altered. So in a new a, a new SGC slab like that, probably not. I, I think Sorry I'd to be put okay you on the it. spot. No. I, I mean, got to put you on the spot again because I guarantee you don't know what's going on here. Are you ready? So you have the first ever mystery pack brought to you by Joe Montana. So you have the Joe Montana. Joe Montana. Master Collection Mystery Pack. So what you guys have here, this is incredible. For 360 bucks, you have a game-worn, on-card auto, hand-numbered 13 out of 15 in a PSA 10. Okay? Why didn't they just make 16 of them? Because of his jersey 16, that's what Cage is referencing. Yeah, why You're 100% right. Why don't they just do one more? 
Cage, these companies don't hire from Harvard and MIT and Yale and Drexel. We've told you. Uh, and the State College of New York City for you. Uh, but anyway, game used, master collection, Joe Montana signed. But then it also comes with this little box. I have no clue what's in this box. It's taped. Maybe the card was in the box. Yeah, that was in the mystery pack. So, so it's no longer box. a mystery. It's just the it's that's what was in the mystery pack. That was the mystery for somebody back in the day. There's no more mystery. You just get the sealed pack. It's sort of like if I sold you a pack that was already opened and included the wrapper. Well, that that's better than I mean that's a game worn, hand signed, hand numbered in a PSA ten for three hundred sixty bucks of before Brady went to. Tampa. Oh, he was the goat before Brady he played, and even for a couple of years ago, this is the goat. You know, you used so to have you, a conversation still between the two of them. Sick card. So, guys, another thing to keep in mind, there is a cracked ice PSA 10 uh, Mahomes in the premiere that just started. You have a horizontal one, mm-hmm. and I don't yep. know who writes the rules here. It's not me, <laughs> so don't come yelling. But you have his cracked ice horizontal out of 25. Decent auto. Uh, all his autos are a little bit tough because he has the, the loops on it. But in a in a BGS nine ten auto sitting at fifteen thousand five hundred, this is not a card I would be bidding on right now, but just interesting because of the timing. This is in the weekly. The other one is in premiere. Cage, should I keep rolling? Yeah, man, keep rolling. I love it. I mean, Joe Burrow is Joe Burrow. Is now a time to buy Joe Burrow cards after he was eliminated last week? Is now we all the know there's probably five hundred one of one Joe Burrows. But if we go, you know, okay, National <laughs> Treasures one of one. You have Prism one of one, Select Optic. I would say those are the and a Kaboom or Insert, whatever. But this is a one of one rookie card from his Select. It is die cut, but it's sitting at twelve hundred seventy five bucks. And this is a type of card that if you're in the market for Burrow, you want a one of one. It's a nice one of one sitting at a thousand two hundred bucks. I have two more cards and then a question for you. Okay. So I was at the Dallas show. Cage, is like, Cage said he's sitting co-pilot. He's probably sleeping. He's probably sleeping when he's sitting in shotgun. But that's okay. So I was at the Dallas show, and I found out from an Asian collector how Ooh. much the Asian uh, market loves these impeccable jersey-numbered cards. So yeah. Curry has this. They don't just do them to jersey number. They also do them to, like, career high. Yeah, they have numbers. Uh, I opened the box of this once, and I got a Zach Levine. And it was a career high number on it. And I remember opening it in a box break. This was, I, I don't know, 2018, Years 2019. Ago. And people were like, oh, that's awesome. And I'm like, who cares? It's Zach Levine. They're like, no, 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 no. It's the impeccable numbers. It's, it's a, it's a, that's a big card. I was like, and then I sold it for way more than I paid for my break. I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> I had no clue. So you're right. Yeah. So I'll give you an example. Like the Curry jersey, the Curry career mm-hmm. high 55 sold for like $9,000, wow. for example. Most of Curry's autos sell for fifteen hundred to two thousand. He signs a lot, so people love this set. Um, this is a card that I think Cage is going to love. I think you guys are going to love. It's one of those Jerry Rice collectible cards that's not going to break the bank. So you have ninety-five finest refractor, which I believe was the first year of football refractor, right? So ninety-three was basketball. Ninety-five was the first year of football of finest. No, refractors. there was one year before it. It was ninety-four. One year before it. Yep. Appreciate that. So, of course, PSA one of eight. There's only one ten sitting at 145 bucks. Last card. What the f is this cage? 
So you what is this, got black? Yes, yeah, you but have a 2013 yeah. UD Black Scenes booklet signatures Michael Jordan. So it's his autograph. It, it looks like um like the director's cup film that you would use to like if you were a director like in the old school days. Sitting at 950 bucks. Have you seen that card? What is that card? What is that card? Upper Deck Black is kind of cool, man. Um, but clearly that's not from his playing days. And, you know, it's one of those, I put it, I mean, it's a cool card, it's an interesting card, but I put it, I lump it in with sort of like all of the Fleer Retro and like there are Goodwin autos and, you know, the Upper Deck products that come out that some of them have him playing golf. Some of them have him in street clothes and a lot of them have college. And I think that one is that, is that him in North Carolina? Because Upper Deck doesn't have, you know, they have a license with, with Jordan, you know, but they don't have it with the league. So you can't really put him in, you know, his, his league stuff. So it's cool, but it's definitely there are, um, you know, segments of Jordan collectors that wouldn't even look at that. Cool card, though. Might be the best episode I've ever done. I've basically navigated you guys through, through the, the Lamborghini driving weekly auction with thousands of items. I've navigated out items you guys. from <laughs> the 60s and the 70s, Cage's high school days to my <laughs> high school days, the 2000s to ultra modern. I've navigated through Jordan, Kobe to Roberto Clemente, Mantle, Mr. Koufax. Anything you, you good, want to man. touch on before we wrap it up? You did, you did very good. I mean, listen, are there any things, are there any things to buy timing-wise, right? You know, is now a time to be looking at, um, I don't know. In the beginning of the season, SGA was everybody everybody talked about. There's some crazy SGA cards in this auction. Is now not the, talk to me. Yeah, please. What happens This is your is, jam, man. You're the, you're the modern yeah, guy. You're the basketball guy. Talk to me. Because there's a really nice SGA in this one, right? The, uh... Well, I, I've been thinking about H, H, uh, SGA, HGA too, both of them. Uh, <laughs> I want to buy out S, SGA and dump HGA. Just kidding. Uh, SGA had to carry this team the entire season. His yep. usage is – I don't know how they measure usage because I just watch. Luca and then SGA, back-to-back. It used to be Luca and Trey, but Trey got Deontay. This is a team you watch every game of. He loves Oklahoma City. I love, City, guys. I I love how SGA plays. Uh, Giddy's so funny, man. It, it, Giddy, I think he still thinks he's at LA Fitness. I, I'm just watching. He's so slow. <laughs> but he's actually very effective. But anyway, they lost Dort. I think this team kind of regresses to the mean based on their talent. And I think the second half of the season is less SGA and much more perhaps like a Donovan Mitchell who's mm-hmm. – Older, you guys got to understand the young guys use the early part of the season to where effort might be a differentiator, where the vets understand about pacing and timing themselves for the second half, right? So the first half out works at about 52 games, all-star break, and then you wrap up the season. I think SGA regresses where someone like a Donovan Mitchell might be someone to take a look at. For, that's going to have a really good second half of the season, and they're going to be playing meaningful games as we head into playoffs. So that's my thoughts on SGA. So you talked about Chrome because you talked about the box. I have one card that I hope I'm not like spoiling for you. It's some card you were thinking about buying. It's an expensive card, um, but it's one I'm curious. If, you know, in the in the pantheon of Kobe, in the hierarchy of where you'd put like, is this a card you need to have? Is is the pose? Is the set? You know, is it enough? You talked about um, you know '96 Chrome. Obviously, is a huge one, but that '03 Topps Chrome box. Right, you gave it as a potential buy. I think it was eight thousand dollars plus buyer's premium and the whole deal. And we talked about all the rookies who were in that, and the rookie class that you can get. And we talked about how there's, you know, LeBron and Carmelo and Wade and Bosch and Darko. But we didn't talk about the Kobe that's in that. 
And when you talk about the types of Kobe's that are in it, and if you look in this auction, one of the nine, count it, nine PSA 10s of the 03 Topps Chrome Gold Refractor Kobe, limited to 99 copies, right? There are nine PSA 10s is in this auction. And I'm are you curious. Sure? Yeah, 100% sure. 03 2003 Topps, Kobe Gold? Yep, 2003 Topps Chrome Gold Kobe Refractor. You're 100% there it is, right. right there. It's different. It doesn't. It looks more orange than gold. Doesn't yeah, it? it does. It does look orange. And I wasn't sure if it was the tops and the tops chrome, but it is. It's the chrome. It's the gold. It's out of 99. Now the tops chrome golds are, are interesting, right? Because some of them are out of 50. Some of them are out of 99. You know, some years. You know, the whole deal. It's so. But this one here, you can see number 62 of 99. Less than the box. I mean, does that? You know, if, if I put. Eight thousand dollars. This is going to go over ten. This I'm is sure. Go over 10. So, all right. So, let's say I put ten thousand dollars in front of you, and the, you know, both of them are the same price. Do you buy the sealed box or do you buy that card? And you're a Kobe fan, so. And is that a is that a Kobe you need to have? Is that a Kobe that's like, all right, Andrew, I'm going to tell you to close your eyes and make your list of need to have Kobe cards. Does that card make it? I don't want to be a hypocrite. I came on here and said I don't understand the appeal of. <laughs> Non-rookie year gold, mm-hmm. and I don't understand the appeal of PSA 10, <laughs> but <I will laughs> but say, that card is nice. <laughs> here's what, you know, oftentimes let's say you buy a one of one, and I bought a few of those. Those are much harder to liquidate while also having some sort of like vested interest or stake in the game. Yep. Owning a card like this, you could you know your money's safe. Yeah. It's and liquid. I think there's it's liquid, but it's also like a grail and you know that at any time you need to you could get a cash offer for that rel- within one to two days right whereas a, so, so as i'm learning this game that's a that's a that's a safe place to park money i mean and what's amazing about it and we see people like josh Carbo chronicles who's putting together a run of like finest golds and tops of lebron you know there are kobe collectors you know there are high-end Kobe collectors, and to hear that there's only nine PSA 10s Correct. of that card, you know that there's more than nine people who are going to want to chase that card. So you put your money in that, it's a good place to park your money. And, um, you know, I imagine exactly. it's probably not going to be, uh, you know, going down too much from there. Now, I'm not saying it's a guarantee it's going to go up and all that other fun stuff. So um, talk to me about um, weekly auctions. Previously, the weekly auction was um, only going to be the same. You had it ended, it ended, and then there were periods of extended bidding. And in order mm-hmm. for you to bid on the auction during extended bidding, you had to get a what I'm going to call a placeholder bid in. Right? Is that yeah. is that fair to call it that? You had to make sure that you bid. So when the auction got into extended bidding, you only had to. Um, you know, you only had to make sure you bid on it. But but if you were in that extended bidding, you were only competing with a universe of people who bid before, mm-hmm. right? So so also from a steals percent perspective, right? If you saw an item that had no bids on it and you got a bid in at nine fifty nine, you were winning that. You were winning that. You were winning right. that auction, right? Does this matter to you? What do you think? Well, you nothing really changes. Just the auction. St- here are the two big changes. The auction now, instead of ending at 10 p.m. Eastern, ends at 10.30 Eastern. Mm-hmm. So th- that's the only difference. And here's where I think there's a cool difference. I-, I think 
we buy on emotion and we justify with logic. Mm-hmm. Like that's one of the, you know, 201 lessons of sales. You know, people buy on emotion. This is why it's so important. Likeability. I like you as a salesperson. You buy on emotion and then you justify with logic. 30 minutes of extended is a lot for weekly. He is it's, getting uh, Chick-fil-A, by the way. It's okay. If you hear that. 30 minutes of, of extended, <laughs> in my opinion, for a weekly amount of premiere is a lot. You, you could hit the mute, brother. Uh, thank you. Um, now, basically what happens is the auction ends at 1030. And as a result, you get five minutes of extended instead of 30. That's the only difference. No, no. I think that's inaccurate. I think all of the bid, all of the, the, the timing is exactly the same. Oh, they haven't changed the windows. You get the same extended bidding windows. You get all that fun stuff. We'll, we'll no, find out this weekend. Not a big no, deal. No. Not our concern. We're just the only we're, difference right. is you can bid for your first time in the extended period. Amazing. That's the only difference. It's another episode. We love you, Luca Nation. 